Well, I have the note here. That's funny. It says Smith injured, and I'm like, well, okay, like that could be at least two people right now. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Smith. <laughs> we, we had both for a home run. If you agree with one another all the time, guys, not nobody wins. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> Maverick Bufo is one of their recent draft picks. I think both of his parents liked the tweet. And welcome to Artificial Turf Wars episode number 62. The one where the Jays are just below 500. I'm your host, Greg Wisniewski, and I'm joined tonight by Joshua Housem. Josh, not even going to ask you how you're doing, just going to confirm you exist. Yep, I'm here. All right. <laughs> so, Jace, if we finish this podcast really quickly as we record, we, we could do it during a three and two week. If we're a little slow, it's going to be three and three. You figure out how that works. Um, <laughs> uh, we could talk about how the Jays can't seem to figure out how to get past that one game under 500 hurdle. Um, we have probably some Marco Estrada to discuss. We have Justin Smoke. Will he be an all-star? Um, we have Kevin Pillar, who played like one for two months, but is not. Um, we had a fun comeback the other night. And then we have injuries to talk about, because basically we do an injury report every podcast now, as is as is the way of things. Uh, we will play Swing and a Drive with one of our patrons. It's pretty exciting. We're going to have a good time there. We have your questions. Uh, we're going to talk about something we're going to do with the Patreon. And we have a do-over. So, in order to get all that show on the road, let's talk about the highlights and lowlights here. But what's what's your highlight here, Josh? The Rangers blowing that lead with Matt Bush on the mound? That's got to be the highlight, right? Yeah, yeah, that feels like the highlight, absolutely. Um, yeah, Matt Bush, who is, as I, as I noted in our preview, and, and, and as many have noted from his Wikipedia page has not made himself out to be a good human being something about drinking a lot and beating people up and running them over and no i'm not kidding for those of you who haven't followed along with that uh so yeah the jays did something they haven't done since last may they came back from down not just tied but down in the ninth inning been done that since last may yep Oof, that's bad. <laughs> yeah, the last it's hard time to they, win. Yeah, it's hard to do well if you if you can't occasionally win games that are look lost. Mm-hmm. So they've, they've been tied in the ninth inning a lot of times, of course, and won games in extra innings or whatever. But they've never actually been down going into the ninth and uh, and picked up multiple runs. I believe it was May third was the statistic I saw from twenty sixteen. Oh, so had they tied a game in the ninth and then won it later? I don't believe so. That's not good. No. Uh, but hey, it is what it is, right? We've stopped talking about their record in one-run games, at least. They won yeah, someone that's actually good this year. <laughs> oh, but the real problem is getting to five hundred. Yeah. So you have a stat, but I have the other, the easy stat first before you give me the stat about why it's so tough to get to five hundred. Is sure. There's 30 teams in Major League Baseball. 29 of them have been above, at or above 500 at some point during the season. 
that includes like the dead last place Phillies have been above 500. That 30th team is your Toronto Blue Jays. Mm, boo. <laughs> That's bad. <laughs> All right. Tell me what happens when they almost get to 500? The starters lay <laughs> eggs. <laughs> so in games, this is now, they've now had, I think it's eight now. No, yeah, nine. This, I thought tonight was the eighth. Today was eight. Today was eight. Sorry, yeah. They in, in games where the Jays were threatening to get to five hundred, the starters have an ERA of six point, or sorry, seven point six six. Wow, that's bad. Yeah, that's that's horribad. <laughs> and yeah, and and that includes a game where. Which was the second game of the season when Jay Happ threw seven innings and gave up only three runs. Wow. Yeah. So in that in that stretch, there have been the eight games. You have so that there was that hack game. Then Liriano pitched a third inning and gave up five. Then Estrada pitched three and two thirds and gave up seven. Biagini pitched seven, gave up one earned run, three runs total. So that was that one where they blew the lead in the seventh against the Yankees. And then Hap, five and a third, gave up five. Estrada, three and a third, gave up six. Biagini, one inning, gave up six. And today, Liriano, four and two thirds, gave up five. That's many, many, bad. Yeah, I, notice one name that's not there. Sanchez? Marcus Stroman. Oh. Marcus Stroman has not taken the mound in a game when the Jays are trying to get to 500. Probably because they've been below when he wins the game before that to get them to that point. <laughs> It feels like that's happened at least three or four times. <laughs> it probably has. Uh, yeah, old dependable Marcus Stroman. To the point where he's almost invisible now. Though he did not have it, what, the other night against Chicago. Even then, he, he gave up a few bombs, but he was still mostly fine. That's the Toronto Blue Jays slogan this year. Mostly fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, but his, his actual line for the game was still pretty decent. That's the thing. It was like the, he gave up some big home runs. But they were all solo but, shots. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, it sucks. But he still pitched seven innings and gave up three runs, which is a pretty good outing. I I can't argue that. Um, we, we should get this talk about your boy Estrada out of the way, I guess, now that we're talking about starting pitchers. Yeah, he sucks right now. Okay, well, I think that pretty much... Some, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't done this... Uh, the, the research project that I talked about last week on the podcast yet. I did take a tiny peek. One thing that's very different in his last few starts from before is that his release point is about six inches, so a half of a foot, cl uh, uh, closer to home plate, the horizontal release, than normal. That so seems like I, a lot. Yeah, that's pretty drastic. So I don't know exactly what that is causing in terms of location and movement and such, but that is at least one thing that is different. And the nice thing about when things get different is that you can fix them. True. It's not just I, I, I'm out there throwing and they're crushing me. It's like, okay, I'm doing something I haven't doing before. Maybe if I get back to what I was doing, I can be good again. I hope that's the case. I, I think Estrada looked like he was literally falling off the mound on some of his pitches last night. Like like he was not landing in a 
like he wasn't finishing his delivery in any kind of a stable way and at one time he actually did fall down and i know that happens to every pitcher now and again but it looked like he was on the verge of doing it and of course in texas he was all over the the i'd like to say he's all over the plate he was everywhere but the plate yeah no he's just he's been bad and then when he throws some of these pitches they're a lot oh, leaking right over the middle and they're just getting hammered now in somewhat fairness that you know he's had some situations where like in that game yesterday we're recording this on tuesday you know he had two outs in that in the beginning and they got a, like the dribbler to first base right and then it was a base infield hit mm-hmm and then what would have ended the inning instead prolonged it, but then they scored four runs after that. So you know it could have been much better, but he still has to get out of that after that. You can you know you can't give up another four after the potential out. Yeah, <laughs> I, I understand how the earned unearned rules work after an error, but that's not how we're going to score <laughs> um, Estrada's quality of of his outing. Um, yeah. Yeah, so very unfortunate that, that a guy that Jays were counting on seems to have uh, lost the plot here for basically an entire month. Oh, yeah. No, he's he's been not good for a while. He's raised almost five now. It's just crazy. He hasn't been anywhere near there in his time as a Blue Jays starter. So hopefully, it, it doesn't look like injury, but like you said, something's changed there. So hopefully they get on to that. Um, there is also the argument about is he tipping his change up or are certain teams aware that he's tipping his change up, which I suppose you could you could take that as a another point to work on if you're the Blue Jays. Yeah. No, I don't know. I, I Like I said, I haven't done that full research yet into what exactly is going on, but clearly it's not working. So the big gut punch is over. We, we can uh, stop dragging your boy through the mud. Uh, we could talk about Justin Smoke, who has been often the highlight of our podcast this year. And he continues to be as he hit his 20th home run yesterday. Yeah. Justin Smoke has been kind of ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I was having a talk with a friend of mine the other day, and he's like, well, Smoke's going to come right back down. I know that's yeah." And I'm like, okay, well, to be fair, I don't expect him to hit 45 home runs this year. I, I, I get that. But unlike a lot of guys who break out the thing that seems to be driving it is smoke really has struck out half as much as pretty much well half as much as last year but way less than any time ever in his career um and i I feel like that's a better leading indicator than maybe a guy who just suddenly started hitting home runs because i don't know everybody started hitting home runs this year (laughs) yeah pretty much no I, i think that you nailed it i mean that's why entering today's game it's he doesn't have a hit yet today but his batting average was 300 Justin Smoke, I mean, 300 hitter. Yeah. And, you know, obviously that's rare. And there's still some chance that he could revert. But his home run, 20 home runs was his career high, tied it from 2013 in Seattle. But, yeah, like you said, he's making way more contact. And he's always hit the ball so hard. So it's just natural that when he starts actually hitting more balls, that he's gonna, his numbers are going to go up. Mm-hmm. And, and – the other number that's gone up is his place in the all-star voting. Um, I know it doesn't really matter who gets voted in as opposed to who goes to the all-star game and yada, yada, yada. Uh, I do kind of like it when Jays actually get voted in because it means that people are paying attention to the team who don't necessarily live in Canada. So Smoke is like 200,000 votes behind out of 900 and something thousand uh, for the first base position, which isn't the worst place to be. Which is being led by Eric Hosmer, who is like seventh or eighth on the worthy candidates list. 
which is the other reason why I'm not I'm not hugely worried about the All Star count because likely the backup first baseman is going to be somebody like Justin Smoke or the injury reserve replacement first baseman, etc. etc. Yeah, I mean, there's still a chance that he'll get in. We talked about this last time on the podcast. Someone asked the question, um, but a first base is a decently strong position this year, so. If he doesn't get in, it won't be a shock, but it would still be obviously nice to see him there. In in lieu of any other fantastic position player performances, obviously Josh Donaldson is very, very good, but he doesn't look like he's having MVP-type season at the moment. Um, is there there aren't any other position players who are... Are, are there, are, in your mind, who are all-stars? Position players? No, I, no. They, no one... The only one who deserves to go is Smoke. So, it'd be nice if he got there au naturel, as they say. Uh, mm. One of the guys after April, I guess, that we would have thought would be in that little conversation conversation I just had about All-Star was Kevin Pillar. And uh, he fell right off the table. And uh, has anybody seen Kevin Pillar lately? Oh, yeah, we've seen him. <laughs> but just we haven't seen him on base. <laughs> He's he's stubbornly right there at the top of the lineup every night, isn't he? Oh, yeah. No. It, so we, I mean, earlier in this season, as you sort of alluded to there, we talked about how good he was being and you know, how he was just like looking like a, a slightly different hair. He was taking more pitches and swinging good ones. Ever since that game where he got suspended, he's hit 167 with a 224 on base and a 269 slugging. And I think maybe that's just who I, I don't. I think Kevin Pillar is the kind of guy who can get distracted by that sort of thing. Only evidence by what happened when he got demoted after getting pinch hit four back in his rookie season or, or whatever season that was, and and it took him forever to get back on the club because he he didn't take that well from the club, from what my understanding was. No, <laughs> no, he definitely didn't. Um, it's certainly possible, or it could just be that this is Kevin Pillar. He's just not that good a hitter. He's going to go through these ups and downs, just like in 2015 when he was randomly really good for a month and a half. That is a possibility, of course, as well, because we we don't have enough information. I bet you the Blue Jays wish they had more information. Yeah, but the other thing, too, is aside from the failures that he's had at the leadoff spot and offensively lately he's been very shaky in the outfield and that's sort of why I lean to the idea that there is something in Kevin Pillar's head I mean it could be but it's this very specific thing he seems to have the problem with too is these balls over his head which are now they're admittedly the toughest play for a center fielder to make is the ball right at you but he is reading them wrong with an alarming frequency. Uh, in, in that game, t- today's game, again, recording this Tuesday, that second inning, or the first inning, when Liriano gave up the four runs, there was a ball, two outs, it was a line drive, t- Pilar took two steps in and went over his head for an RBI double. And then another brother scored after that. I mean, so Liriano still was getting ripped around the ballpark, but it could have been better. And that's happened a few times. It happened to... I think it was Liriano. Actually, Liriano again in Oakland. <laughs> <laughs> he, Play a little he, deeper, he the, Kev. <laughs> yeah, Pilar screwed it up there, and he also had to deal with Coglin in left field. But, uh, yeah, so I think that it's 
I don't know what the solution is. It could be in his head, but it might be just play a little deeper. Uh, you know, even if it's play a little deeper when certain guys are on the mound, maybe um, as you as you alluded to, maybe it's you know certain guys are. I know certain players and pitchers play according to you know a, a set of rules based on that particular guy, not just on the outfield in general. But mm-hmm. yeah, he, he, I mean he. he his his defense is certainly not bailing him out like it has in the past, so that's a problem. Yeah. Um. Well, I have the note here. That's funny. It says Smith injured, and I'm like, well, okay, like that could be at least two people right now. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Smith. <laughs> uh, Joe Smith has sh- shoulderitis. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't expect he- to be gone long. No, but it's still another. And he's been so good. We talked about this last week when there's a question from I think it's Alex Hume about like why didn't they, you know, go bring Roberto Osuna and said, well, because Joe Smith has been dominant. But then he's on the DL with shoulder inflammation. Well, this is the problem when your starters do not give you six innings consistently or or get into the seventh hardly ever is you keep tapping the same good guys over and over and over again and pitchers break it just yep. happens um you hope they don't break too badly it's it's not a matter of stopping them from breaking that's we're not there yet technologically yeah well and the, so his replacement the guy they called up to replace him in injury was Lionel campos who entered today's game he got two outs to get his era down to 2.08 and then he left with an injury. So the thing about pitchers is, yeah, uh, if you keep tapping the same guys over, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his was a knee injury. Actually, it wasn't even his arm. So, still broken is broken, I guess. Now, uh, Campos, if he makes a DL stint, will be DL different player number twenty for the Blue Jays this year. I don't know if anybody's been on the DL multiple times yet. No, uh, Aaron Sanchez has, but. Uh, it's almost a full set, Josh. Five. Yeah, I actually just tweeted that when he when he walked <laughs> off the mound. It, that's crazy. Twenty different players. Now that includes like Glenn Sparkman and uh, Dalton Pompey, guys who weren't actually in the big leagues, but still, twenty guys is and it's only the middle of June. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, we are not at game eighty-one yet, so we, you could end up with a full forty-man on the DL by the end of the season. Well, and this is the interesting thing about this. So Campos is hurt. Smith is hurt. The Jays don't have a lot of guys that they can bring up now. I mean, there's Chris Smith, which would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> From uh, one set guy to another. <laughs> who were the Smith guys? It was like a, a, a Smith hitting off of Smith with Smith catching. Was there not in one of the recent series? There was a lot of Smiths. Kevin Smith? I don't know. I don't know. That's an actor but uh, and a writer and director. but And a draft pick. That's true. Blue Jays draft pick. <laughs> but, yeah, so the options are limited. It's like Matt Dermody, Chris Smith, Ryan Brookie, who's an A-ball. He's not coming up. I'm very curious what they're going to do because eventually they're just going to run out of guys. Well, and as anecdotal evidence, Buffalo – got shut out for 25 innings in a row <laughs> that's your triple a club so it's not like you've got a lot of people banging on the door there although we're talking about pitchers so it doesn't really matter what the offense does fair 
fair. That's why I said anecdotally. But it's not like it's not like there's a lot of people. Period. Waiting in the wings at the moment because you lost Siciliani, Alfred. Uh, Coglin is hurt. If he was going to be on the taxi squad, and who else is the other? There was some other. Oh, Pompey is Pompey back yet? No. No. So there's your whole <laughs> Buffalo outfield hurt. Yeah. Sparkman seems to be the guy people think will get the call. He's on the rehab assignment. He was their rule five pick, if you remember this year. Mm-hmm. But he's been doing really well in his rehab assignment. So, and if they don't bring him to the majors when it's done, they have to give him back to Kansas City. So, we don't see that happening, I don't think. No, they've said they want to keep him. So it might be time to, for him to come up. So I, I'm surprised that we managed to get through this whole first part of the podcast without it being just one long sighing sound. Um, well, the fun thing is, like, since we recorded the last time, because this game is not over yet, mm-hmm. this this Rangers game, the Jays are three and two. And just to be clear, the Jays have the bases loaded right now with uh, one out after reviewing a home run call that turned into a foul ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Instead of being a grand slam for Steve Pierce, it was just foul ball. Which we was the call on the field. Just to be clear. It wasn't called a home run. He ran to the round of the bases and then someone decided to call it foul. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> that's the worst. Uh... Yeah. So, just while we're talking about this series, we, we mentioned, I mentioned the comeback in game one. That sort of felt... I, admittedly, you know, them losing to the, the White Sox series and then that first game, it felt like this is over. They after they blew the five to one lead, and then they came back to win. I mean, that kind of stuff. At least they're still getting wins like that occasionally, because otherwise the team would be really buried. Hmm. Well, also this team would be really buried, except for uh, the American League makes absolutely no sense this year. In that, there isn't a single team more than five games out of a playoff spot right now. I can't remember the last time that happened. Not in June. <laughs> I, I doubt it's ever happened in June. Yes, yeah, so there's a lot of very mediocre teams in the American League this year or everyone's good and they're just beating up on each other. I don't really know what the answer is. <laughs> that is always tough to figure out what parody means. Does parody mean everybody's good or does parody mean... Uh, and that's... Of course, a function of the wildcard system, too, because the Houston Astros are fantastic um, and way out in front of the division. But that's that's not a matter of getting into the playoffs. Um, that's a matter of winning the division. Two different things. Steve Pierce has fouled off seven balls in a row. And they're all right down the middle. They're all hanging, hanging breaking <laughs> balls. I mean, this is not a good at bat. Well, he's not swinging at balls. Oh, he took a ball. All right. Uh, before I get trying to do play-by-play of every single thing, um, we're going to move on here. Uh, so that about wraps up the week. And as I wrap up the week, I usually play a little bit of music as we go into uh, play and swing and a drive. Before I play the music this week, though, I have been generously donated that music by Ewan Ross, our good friend. And Ewan is part of a, a group putting on the Element Festival 2017 in uh at snug lake in princeton bc so i want to give a shout out to him there uh and let you folks know that if you're if you're into a music festival it is uh it's going to run august 3rd to 6th which apparently is four days and last week i said it was three because i can count 
<laughs> well, math is not something we really have to worry about too much on this podcast, so you're forgiven. <laughs> but yeah, there's some there's some fun stuff there too. I mean, it's supposed to be sort of a family friendly event, which is not the case for a lot of music festivals. But also, if you do want to drink, you don't have to pay stupid, uh, you know, beer garden prices. It's ten dollars, and you can bring your own beer, which makes things a little bit more fun, if you ask me. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, if you want to spend a weekend, you know, in the woods, chilling out with some really good music. Uh, they have uh, the headliner, I guess, is String Cheese Incident, which, as you said, is that really a band name? Absolutely. Uh, they're actually fairly well known. That's why they're the headliner. Uh, also, um, Garage Mahal and Five Alarm Funk will be there. So if you're into any of those bands and suddenly you would, you're, you're getting curious, not only do we have that, what else do we have for them, Josh? We have some free swag. If you use the promo code TURFPOD, you get a free T-shirt with your package, which it's not a ton, but it's fun, and it makes you know makes it a little more interesting, and you get to have some, some representation. So all you have to do is go to elementfestival.info, and you can find all of this information. And once again, just put in the hashtag TURFPOD to get your shirt. Sweet! And uh, just as, as a taste, like I said, I'm going to play a little music, so we're going to go into Swing and a Drive with a little bit of Five Alarm Funk. Let it play! And it is that time again, that time where we would like to play everybody's favorite game that's sweeping the nation, Swing and a Drive. Gotta be a home run, right? Swing and a drive. That's a catch. Swing and a drive. It's only a double. And he's gonna make the catch. That ball didn't carry. <laughs> Let's face it, we didn't have a clue. Do we ever have a clue? No. That's the whole point. Nope. <laughs> no skill, because Buck doesn't have a clue either. Of course, today's main contestant is Josh, because I can't play because I have to come up with all these clips. But special guest. Dave Church, one of our patrons. Welcome to the show, Dave. Thanks, guys. Uh, happy to be on here. So happy that you uh, <laughs> you opted to come on and uh, and, and test yourself. Uh, <laughs> you're familiar well, with well, the so game? far. Yeah, I've I've, uh, I've listened to enough people take a hand uh, take a crack at it. So yeah, excellent. Yeah, Saving the explanation. Uh, <laughs> I'll see. So far, we've had two people who had who were also patrons at that same level Gideon came on and beat me at this game and then, <laughs> and then Colleen gave us up the Josh question which I didn't really get I got it halfway so you get the chance to make it three for three <laughs> it, was, it was a really difficult question though in, in your defense but that was, it was a really good one I yeah. appreciate it thank you yeah, yeah. I like this yeah. <laughs> he's going to defend you before he destroys you so yeah. of course <laughs> build up the confidence <laughs> yeah exactly uh, in, in all seriousness though, I'm, I'm happy to contribute to the podcast uh, in, in a day and age when journalism is thriving and doing better than ever I think it's important to uh, support what you enjoy and and uh, certainly happy to support this well thank you sir and we didn't yes, even tell him much. to say that folks <laughs> uh, do, I, do I get a bonus for shilling or uh uh, well, well, maybe. Okay. We'll see what the yeah. final score is. Would you want to go first or last? <laughs> There's your bonus. <laughs> oh. Oof. Uh, I'll go last on the first one. All right. So first we have to do uh, a test of the audio, not of our contestants. So uh, we have a little clip here. Those are cheers, I think. 
Those are boos of respect for what he did tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be back at Fenway in just a moment. <laughs> Those did sound like cheers. You hear the boos of respect? No problem there. Yes. All right. Yes. So, it's good stuff. We're on to our first clip. Luke Maley. Swing it in drive. Deep to the field. Cool. Oh, that was that's a good <laughs> that's one to a classic start with, isn't it? right there. Uh, I'm gonna say that did not get out. It's it's a it's an out. It's an out. Josh has an out. What does Dave have? Out. Luke Maley left field. Uh, I'm going to say out as well. Two for the out. So that uh... ball is going to hang up and stay in the ballpark. <laughs> Maley hit it hard, but. He hit it hard, but I was badly fooled, is what, what Buck wants to say. <laughs> no, he, but he had another one say. Whoop, we are tied 1 1. <laughs> okay, we're going to take a shot for number two. We have uh, Martin, Russell Martin. Ooh, somebody got a late break. I think it was Trumbo. So that means, Dave, you have to give us a, a guess there. Uh, Russell Martin going the other way sounds like a home run to me. All right. And what do you have, Josh? I'm going to have to agree with Dave again there, and I think that is a home run. We, we had both for a home run. If you agree with one another all the time, guys, not nobody wins. Right. <laughs> Here you go. Oh. That was obviously from last year. It seemed, it seemed like it was teasing. See, here's the thing, though. My ego's been bruised lately by losing a couple times in a row, so I'm playing it safe. <laughs> All right. Well, this will be a chance for uh, for Dave to, to strike out here. We're going to go back-to-back Russell Martin calls. So here's another Russell Martin. It's his ball high and deep to right. Chebler continues. All right, Dave. Russell Ooh. Martin. No, it's after. my turn. Oh, sorry. Yes, it is. That, that's a home run. That's got to be. Dave, is it a home run? Uh, Buck sounded hit? like he was fooled, but he sounds like he's fooled a lot of the time. So I'm going to go extra base hit. Let's, let's change it up here. I'm going to go extra base hit. Used to drift. This ball's gone! <laughs> that is the May 29th game <laughs> where Buck had that no is... idea what was going on. I, I love it. it's like that was like he was calling hockey it's like oh up the center of the minute and he scores just came out of nowhere on him it's like you didn't watch the ball go right <laughs> <laughs> all right we're gonna go back to luke mailey it's the mailey and martin show i guess it's the catcher show yeah apparently luke mailey puts a charge in it high and deep well he sounds better now he's so confident dave the last melee one was not a home run. Pretty sure that one is. All right, Josh. Well, I can't. I, I you know what? Screw playing it safe. That one's going to be caught as well. All right. Let's see. Get going, ball. Get out of here. And done. There you go. Buck had to actually have a discussion with the ball before it left. <laughs> Yeah, I, don't like that. I don't like that addition to his home run call. Get up, ball. He, get up, ball. Get up and gone. 
Well, it's it's kind of nice to hear Buck uh, cheering, uh, being a homer for once instead of blatantly cheering for the other team. That's uh, that's a nice switch for him. <laughs> that's true. He sort of mixes it in. Although I love how he did that on the one when Donaldson hit the fifth deck. It's like, get up, ball. Wait, you want to hit the roof? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't need to get any higher. <laughs> Oh, you know, I have a funny feeling Get Up Ball might be, I don't know. I know I have another Get Up Ball somewhere in the archive, but, uh, well, this is Jose Bautista. I I broke the catcher thing, sorry. But uh, uh, we're going to go with Jose for the last clip. This is is for all the marbles. Now, who guesses first here? This is going to be Josh. Uh, Josh does. Josh does. All right, and you're tied 2-2. So here's Bautista. The time that he has missed with injury. Bautista hits it high and deep to left. May have been backing up. There he is, Maven, backing up, backing up, backing up. Looking up, and this ball is gone. Josh says home run, Dave. Let's see. If I agree with Josh, it can only be a tie, so screw that noise. Uh, <laughs> let's go extra base hit on this. Extra base hit. I like it, I like it. Up on the track, and Bautista oh. just missed it. Just missed it, guys, as did both of you. Oh, no. <laughs> we have a tie for... Uh, I, I, don't, I didn't know what to do. I've never had a tie before. I'm sorry. No, we probably uh, have. But that's tie, okay. goes to, tie goes to the guest. So, congratulations. This is your bonus point for the shilling earlier. All right. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, another... words language default. <laughs> <laughs> Another wonderful edition of Swing and a Drive, courtesy of Buck Martinez. And thank you, uh, Mr. Dave Church, the victor, for both uh, being a patron and uh, coming on and having some fun with us tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It was a, it was a blast. All right, a pleasure. And we got, hey, have a good one. We got to make fun of Buck a little bit. And... <laughs> yeah, well, of course. And why not? Perfect. And we're back. Uh, swinging a drive. Always good fun. And if you are a patron, you can have good fun with us. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for something from you. Um, uh, we'd also like to thank uh, profusely uh, Sam Dowdle, uh, who is our latest patron and put our Patreon up over the $50 reward limit, which is wonderful. And we appreciate that. And then we looked at the $50 reward, and it's, it was a new mic for Chris. And if you haven't noticed, Chris has been <laughs> been unable to join us most of the season. So it seems like that would be a bit of a hollow victory there. So we have an idea, Josh. Would you like to tell people what the idea is for the $50 reward? Yes. So this will be – we'll put this up on our Patreon for patrons only. But Greg and I are going to – call a famous inning from Blue Jays history. We all have the game sounds but no Buck, no Tabby, no whoever. Greg will be the announcer and I'll be the play, the, the analyst and we'll see how we compare since we rag on Buck so much. <laughs> um, so I was actually kind of thinking and I know this is going to complicate things but maybe we should do a Twitter poll of which famous inning or half inning we should uh, we should do. We should put give them a, a choice and they can weigh in at, uh, at Artificial Turf Wars on the Twitter account. 
That is what I was planning to do, yes. All right. So I'm I'm not smart or making things complicated. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> so watch no, for no. that. You had the same thought as me. Therefore, you're brilliant. (laughs) Uh, We leave it at great minds think alike. And then we don't finish that saying because it's just rude. So uh, keep an eye out on the Twitter for that. Uh, And absolutely, if you would like to become a patron um, and possibly come on and play a game with us or uh, check out some of the other rewards we have, that is www.patreon.com slash turfpod. And, uh, and you can check out all what's going on there. So, uh, yeah. Moving on from that, we, of course, have questions from people. Some patrons, some not patrons. And uh, this is the point at which I played a funky little intro for that. So slow. It's time now to hear from our listeners. That just seems silly. Here are the rules. First I ask a question, then you ask a question. Now how does that sound, sweetheart? Could you repeat the question, please? Oops. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. Very fitting. I feel like, yeah, that should always be what I play right afterwards, regardless. Uh, uh, We have a few questions this week, although I feel like some of you may have disengaged from the game prematurely and, and, uh, yeah. And left it at that. So, what do we got for question one? So this one's kind of funny. So this uh, this one came from Connor Moore at the Seahound. Is Maverick Buffo the greatest Blue Jays name of all time? Now, the reason it's funny, Maverick Buffo is one of their recent draft picks. I think both of his parents liked the tweet. <laughs> <laughs> it's liked by Loney Buffo and Steve Buffo. <laughs> I feel like you might be on to something right there. So they're name-searching their recently draft pick son. <laughs> and they think it's the funniest name of all time. Greatest. He didn't greatest, ask sorry, the greatest, yes. The greatest they probably would have laughed if it, liked it if it said funniest. <laughs> I've also heard that with that spelling, he's actually named for Maverick in Top Gun. I that is correct. That. We referenced this last time, I think. Uh, oh, no, we? no, that no. was on Twitter. Sorry, I apologize. Yeah, okay. Uh, that is a weird movie to name your son after it's just weird i'm sorry it's just I don't at least it's not scooter Jeanette named after a muppet character is that absolutely true or is it yes that's actually where it comes from i hoped you were alluding to maybe a nickname so yeah okay oh no it's not his actual name but it's his yeah. that is his nickname but okay so answer the question was stubby clap ever a blue jay no <laughs> well that's unfortunate um I'm sure there's another one, and now I it slipped my mind. I'm just going to stick with Huck Flinner. I love that one. Because <laughs> it so perfectly encapsulated him. Soft-topping southern lefty. <laughs> I, he literally hucked his Flinner. Um, <laughs> Whatever that means. Yeah, exactly. We'll leave it at that. We'll move on to Luke at Split Letters. Is it too early to be ordering a Guerrero Jr. jersey? Asking for a friend. Yes, because they don't exist yet. <laughs> um, you could probably try and get your hands on someone, uh, maybe a Guerrero jersey, from what the the two months that he was in the Blue Jays minor league system. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah they, they get they... A, a Buffalo Bison one, or <laughs> no? Wait, were they? I don't even remember who the minor league team was then. Were they Vegas or Syracuse? 
Uh, they, well, they weren't Syracuse. No, I'm pretty sure they were Vegas at that point. He, uh, I don't even know if he got out of Dunedin on the rehab sort of thing. No, Regardless, he did because he wanted yeah. to get called up, and he didn't. And didn't happen. So, so somewhere in this world, there there is a Blue Jays jersey, possibly with Lad's. Well, definitely with his number on the back, possibly with his name, depending on. <laughs> on how the jerseys were made up at the time. <laughs> um, you could just maybe slap the junior on there with some white tape or something. And then yeah. there you go. And at the very least, you've got a jersey from a Hall of Famer. Okay. Next. From Brian A. at Big BSR. What do you think baseball hands, baseball fans are more tired of hearing about? The bat flip or the Odor punch? Uh, I'm, I'm tired of hearing about the punch because it's not a baseball event. I, think I most, yeah. agree with you. I, I think that in general, though, I'm more tired about hearing about bad flips. Like they just happen. Like why did they need to be dissected every single time? Oh, well, you're speaking of the bat flip in general. I thought. Well, he was I, I of, agree yeah. with it. In those two specific ones, I agree that it's the punch. But I decided to take it more general. And, and it's true. Bat flips happen. If, if they happen on walks and doubles, is there really anything that we need to talk about here? Other than perhaps the stylistic impression of each one, which I think is a fun conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, I think that's pretty covered. All right. So, Willie Mays Hayes at Lou Brown 34. Mad respect because uh, we get another automatic major league reference in every podcast. Keeping our streak going. (laughs) Um he says, I feel like the lineup should be changed. Move Pilar down. Put uh, Bow in first. Smoke third. Morales fourth. Pierce fifth. Martin sixth. Just seems like it's hard to get going as is with Pilar, Joey Bats, Tulo being zeros right now and surrounding the producing hitters. Thoughts? He's right. <laughs> Even Josh Johnson agrees with this. He made some comments about, about that as well to Steve Buffray, I believe it was, of the Sun. They can't keep doing this. I mean, so... You heard us before referencing that Steve Pierce at bat. He ended up striking out and then Goins got an RBA single. And then Kevin Pillar came up with the bases loaded, took two balls, and then swung at three pitches out of the strike zone to strike out. And he's been doing that for a month, as we talked about. He can't keep batting first. And Tulo's been terrible. So they have to make this kind of change. It's just it's too late now to do it. So they have to do it soon. It's the the best time to do it would have been a month ago. The second best time is tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> it, no, they, they just can't keep it up. I don't know. Like that suggestion that Willie had. <laughs> or Lou. I, <laughs> maybe in the short term, move Martin up to one and then go smoke three, Morales four, and Bautista five or something like that just so, until Bautista gets going. But I have no problem with that because Bautista does take his walks. Yeah, although again, less so than he has in the past. It's 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 bad. Okay, I don't I don't want to come right out and say it, but I gotta kind of got it. This isn't a particularly good baseball team. It 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 does nothing particularly well. It it doesn't hit particularly well. It doesn't pitch particularly well either from the rotation or the bullpen as a whole, and it doesn't defend particularly well. So, if you take three not particularly good elements of a ball club that we all generally accept are, you know, the three big ones, you're not going to have a very good baseball team. And the thing is, the bullpen has been good. The one thing that we all thought were, we don't know, coming into the season has been bad. 
I mean, has been good and everything else has been bad. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's not like every time the bullpen's been pressed into action in a game where the starter has given up some runs, they've suddenly shut it down every time. There's been a couple real stinkers where they've given up, you know, another six or seven runs to put the game completely out of reach. Yeah, but oftentimes when that happens is because they're putting in the guys that are no good anyway. Every bullpen has those, but they've had more often where the bullpen comes in and shuts it down. That's why when we talked about this once when Liriano, his first two terrible outings, he didn't get losses in either of them because the bullpen shut it down the rest of the way. And that's what happened on Monday with Estrada start. Somehow they got to the end without even having to use Tapera or Barnes. So, okay, I'll give you credit that the bullpen has been good to better than good. But like you said, everything else has been mediocre to just plain bad depending on the day. Well, guess what? The only thing keeping this team in the hunt for a playoff spot is the fact that every single team in the American League is in the hunt for a playoff spot. I don't I don't really see it coming around because you could say, oh, when the hitting comes around, well, fine. But what's the guarantee that the other elements of this team aren't going to revert to what we've already seen this year? To have everything firing on all cylinders just doesn't seem to be in the cards here. Yep. Wow. Okay. Was that was a spirited argument from you? <laughs> <laughs> Last question on this note. This is from Luke again. On a more serious note, what do the Jays do at the deadline if they're still floating around 500 like this? Um, referencing back to what I just said, I think it largely depends on how far out of a playoff spot they are, as opposed to how far from 500 they are. Because if by some miracle that the parity is still there, then maybe you can pick up a piece or two and try and make a run at the wild card spot. My inclination as as a fan watching this is to say even if that's the situation be a seller cuz you're going to have some pretty interested buyers at that point and this team is not it does not have a core of young players waiting to break out. Yeah, I mean that's if it's still going like this where you know it's like the hitting is having the occasional decent game but mostly bad the starting pitching is iffy i think you can't add to that team because there's no sign of a turnaround that things are going to get better if you know if one of these elements starts to click but they're just still losing some crazy games i think that's when you do i think so I think we're sort of saying similar, although I'm saying it's how they're at around 500 as opposed to where they are in the standings, which obviously matters as well. Yeah. I I think, though, you... Yeah, I think we both agree, though, that you have to have a lot of information around the end of July that we don't have right now and can't have right now to see what they do. Yep. Ask us the question right after the All-Star break. We'll let you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, that concludes the portion of our show where we take questions. Thank you for all your questions. Tune in next week where we will answer more of your questions. And, uh, and of course, we have everybody's uh, laugh romp of a segment. The do-over. I swear, <laughs> I hate it. Say the quiet part loud and the loud part quiet. <laughs> but what if you could do it all over again? But... What I really meant was... I, I gotta tell you, I, I have no idea how to operate my computer. That's pretty much what it comes down to. I'm ruthlessly incompetent with it. Sorry. <laughs> and I get to laugh at Greg for it, so it's still good. Uh, yeah, it's great. Um, today's 
do-over comes from Joe West. Uh, Jeff Passan interviewed Joe West because I presume he's interviewing him because it's Joe West's 5,000th Major League game or some such. Um, and somehow Joe West did a pivot worthy of a do-over. <laughs> he, he, he praised replay and then said when we put in replay i thought there would be no arguments west said the first year we put in replay ejections went up 20 percent. baseball's a funny game it's typically american if you don't succeed it's someone else's fault and the first person you want to look at is the official just look at our last election when hillary lost it's someone else's fault the russians wikileaks it's the fact that you couldn't stand up and say i lost nobody in today's society wants to say i wasn't good enough blah, 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 blah. wow did that come out of left field or what? Uh, <laughs> that came out of the bullpens. I mean, that was. <laughs> How, why are you bringing that back to the election? Is it just trying to show that he's a Trump guy? I don't. I don't get it. I I don't like. We were in old man yells at cloud territory anyway because it's Joe West. Uh, but yeah, it was like, dude, you. You didn't need to go there. You you could have stopped anywhere in there before you got to the election and made your point, the exact same point, which is people, and I don't agree with the point necessarily, but the point is people don't like to take responsibility in my eyes for things. Okay, it's an opinion. I'm fine with that. Stop. <laughs> Just please stop. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. But also the stuff he said before that too, even before he got into the the weird election aspect of it, he, he was like, "When I came to the big leagues, if a player got out of line, the umpire took care of it right then. Our umpires are coming out of the minor leagues; they're not letting them take care of it. A player will come to the big leagues not knowing what he's supposed to do." Basically, he was happy when it was more of an ump show. Yeah, but I mean that's that's you're not going to get Joe West to do that one over. <laughs> <laughs> Fair point. All right, <laughs> that's the one that we, the Major League Baseball, could do over by not letting me get to five thousand or four thousand or three or two. You know, never hiring him in the first place. But you're right. We'll stick with the potentially do over part of this. <laughs> All right, Joe. So if you'd like to come on the podcast and just make a short comment about how you think the world's gone wrong without getting suddenly political, we welcome you, and you would never have. We would never talk about it again. So we've come around, and I believe that I, this is the time when I would solicit from you a final thought. And I have one. So this actually, I'm stealing it from James G, but <laughs> at James and T.O. Somebody else's final thought. Yeah, but it became my own. I, that's how I whirl. But, uh, so today, at one point, it is now 5-1, to one, but for much of this game, the Rangers were beating the Blue Jays 5 to nothing. Actually, I guess it was only two innings. It was the first time since 2012, August of 2012, that the Rangers had finished an inning with a lead over the Blue Jays of at least five runs. That's a lot of games. And never have finished an inning with more of a five more than a five-run lead. Which, of course, includes playoffs as well. Yes. It, it, it has been a weird relationship and slash rivalry which really hasn't been much of a rivalry on the overall no so I'm going to read you the starting lineup from that last time that the <laughs> Rangers had a five run lead at the end of an inning okay the starting pitcher was Henderson Alvarez who was then relieved by Brad Lincoln Steve Delbar Brandon Lyon and Chad Jenkins everybody go check that 
Yep, and the opening day lineup, or not the opening, the starting, starting batting lineup was Rajay Davis, Kobe Rasmus, Edwin Encarnacion, Yudel Escobar, then Moises Sierra, Jeff Mathis as the DH, Mike McCoy at third, Jan Gomes catching, and a Danny Hechevarria at second. I... I got a little lost after Yunel Escobar was hitting cleanup because my brain kind of got stuck there. Uh, <laughs> Michael Coy hit a home run in that game. I'd also like to note that um, when Jan Gomes was a Blue Jay, he was horrible. Lest any of you think that the Jan Gomes, who's had a couple good years when he's not injured for the, the uh, Cleveland team, um, was in that lineup. No, no, this was guy couldn't hit anything. Wow. He was batting behind Jeff Mathis and Mike McCoy. And that was okay then. It was just fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, that final thought wipes out anything I might have said. Uh, we'll leave you with never bunt hit dingers. Um, especially oh. since it apparently is a lot easier to do than ever before. Um, we'll probably talk more about the juice ball, though, next week. Uh, for now, uh, you have been Joshua Housem at Joshua Housem. I have been Greg Wisniewski at Coolhead2010. Our guest was Dave Church. Was it Dave underscore church? Yes, Dave underscore church. There we are. And uh, this has been episode number 62 of Artificial Turf Wars. And we'll talk to you again next week.